It's That's Lit with me, Shazzy D, here on Triple H 100.1 FM, and I've got an absolute treat for you today. Joining me on the show is comedian, actor, and author, Matt O'Kine. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Sharon, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, look, look them, you may hear a baby crying in the background. Um, that is just because we are testing out whether my daughter is allergic to egg or not. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> Something you got to do around the six-month mark. So, um, you know, if, 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 I, if I keep on the phone to you for a while, then all is good. But if I suddenly drop the phone, um, just know that she's probably starting to swell up. Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, I shouldn't be. I should uh, let you, if you need to do, you know, something in emergency and run out. That's totally fine. Oh, I'm sure I will. No, look, it'll all be good. I think she's she's fine. She's she's uh, really taken it well so far. So it's okay. exciting. Okay. Well, great. Oh, um, I should say yes. Congrats on the baby. I know it's probably been a while, but uh, congrats anyway. No, I mean, it's really great having, you know, becoming a dad now. It's a completely new world for me. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been one of, one of the, you know, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Wonderful. And so you have, so we know you from stand-up. We know you from Triple J, from your show The Other Guy on Stan. And you've just released your debut novel called Being Black and Chicken and Chips. Can you tell us uh, what that's about? Yeah, that's my second baby. <laughs> um, it is about a 12-year-old boy who's trying to start high school while his mum dies of cancer. So um, it's a comedy. I know it doesn't sound very funny, but I promise there's heaps of really lovely, light-hearted moments all throughout it. And they really sort of act to counterbalance the, the seriousness of, of, you know, tragedy and loss that happens in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I have uh, actually read it uh, and I enjoyed it. I, you're right, yeah, definitely funny and definitely has, you know, the sadder elements to it. Um, so the main character, Mike, uh, does he share a lot of parallels uh, with your own life and experiences? Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, I'm not going to go as far to say as we're the same people, mm. mainly because um, I got far better grades at school than Mike did. <laughs> um, but no, certainly I drew drew on a lot of inspiration um, from my own life and growing up in Brisbane. Um, you know, I, I always find the, the best writing comes from, you know, real, well, just honesty you know and authenticity those are the two things that i really always try to bring to everything i'm done so you know i just wanted to really capture what it's like being a half Ghanaian kid growing up in brisbane and uh going through something that was um you know quite a big life-changing experience and so, uh, speaking of you being half Ghanaian, uh, I myself, uh, my parents are Ugandan, and what I enjoyed uh, in the book is you also talk about uh, Mike and his dad, who's also African in there, and you kind of put in these elements of his accent, and you kind of, there was a line in there about uh, him saying the word mosquito instead of mosquito. <laughs> That made me laugh because, you know, it's those kind of things, you know, having parents from different, you know, backgrounds that kind of add to the story. Was it fun adding those kind of elements in as well? Totally. And I think the most important thing is the growth that 
Mike goes through, you know, because when you're 12, you don't realize that all these things that you kind of make fun of your parents for are, are the really the reasons that make them so special and unique and exciting, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's certainly one of my favorite things across the across the whole book is for Mike, who, who you know, he's born in Australia, he grows up as Australian, um, to look at his dad who... He has, um, you know, always felt as a little bit foreign and suddenly comes to realize so many things about him that, that make their bond even stronger. But I mean, you know, you know what it's like when you're growing up with a parent that's from another country. You sort of, you know, like, like, what, my, um, like what my character does in the book. He's making fun of him for saying mosquito or for saying marijuana or, um, or you know, for, for cooking funny smelling stews every night, you know. But realistically, that's... That's what makes being part of that culture so important and so special. So, yeah, it was really great exploring, re-exploring that sort of discovery, I guess. Mm-hmm. And what I loved also was all the nostalgia, because this uh, is set, obviously, when Mike is uh, in high school and all of the things you talk about, you know, going to science class or sitting in assembly. And was it um, good looking back on your own high school experiences? Did you have a, a good high school experience? Yeah, I mean, I had a really, I had a really great time in high school. I mean, look, looking back, I realise now that there was a lot of kind of uh, internalised pain that I was going through because my mother had passed away so early. But um, in terms of the actual, you know, institution, I, I don't know. I find it a, I find it a really captivating micro example of the real world. You know, like people sort of look down on high school as a way of you know a lot of people come out of high school and say oh thank god i'm not a part of that anymore but really when you look at it high school is life you know everyone still has bullies in real life uh we still we still look at well you know our country certainly our society still lords sports stars in australia you know and the arts are always sort of struggling to reach the same kind of recognition and and you have a boss that you've got to kind of submit work to on time and I mean it really teaches you and, and you've got to navigate this in incredibly intense social environment day in day out where you're just trying to trying to survive you know and and that really is the real world so I uh, I love looking back on it and realizing how much high schoolers are really going through every single day Um, And as you mentioned, uh, just yourself, um, your own personal experience um, with your mum unfortunately passing away, um, did you feel uh, at the time also that writing this book was a way of also processing that? Um, it wasn't a way of, for me to process it, but I really hoped that people would process, like people who are going through the same thing, would process it. Mm. You know, it would help them process it. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of chaotic feelings that revolve around um, sickness and and death, certainly when it's someone in the family. Um, I wanted to address a lot of that kind of, um, you know, on one hand, you've 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 got someone who you desperately don't want to die but on the other hand you've got a whole lot of guilt because you kind of also do just want them to die because they've you've seen you've watched someone who used to be so strong suddenly decay to a point where they're really not the person that they ever were and suddenly you kind of 
that's when the overwhelming sadness comes into play and you know that's when guilt comes into play and 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 uh you know i just wanted to sort of highlight that all of those emotions happen and that they're okay it's okay to feel anything during that process yeah and um i also really liked in the book talking about you know the, the element of boys you know having sometimes always being told you know you're not supposed to cry and that kind of you know rhetoric that keeps kind of coming up um do you feel that's something that needs to be more talked about that you know it's okay if you need to cry or express your emotions oh yeah i mean you know the biggest one for me we we weren't taught really about emotions at school i think the dialogue around that is changing i think it's really important to see men opening up a lot more and i think it's really really encouraging but my biggest my biggest issue when we were growing up was that we didn't talk about emotions that much and you can still see the disparity now between the way um men are supposed to express their emotions and the way women are supposed to express their emotion you know so um if you know there's still the rhetoric in um in our media and you see it sometimes you know that if if a woman cries that's a sign of weakness yet yet if a man gets angry that's some sign of dominance or power but the reality is both people have just expressed a vulnerability or a sadness that they're feeling and they've just chosen to do it another way one is insular and one is ex- you know exteriorly through through you know loudness and um and, you know threat and threats so ultimately you know they're, they're both they're both powerful ways they're both interesting ways to show an emotion but uh, i really think that the narrative around what is the appropriate way to show emotions or what's allowed by either gender is um is a discussion that still needs to be had. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Um one thing that I liked uh there was a line in the book uh where Mike said when people laugh they let their guards down and there's power in creating that vulnerability. Why do you think laughter is so powerful? I think because to laugh you have to strip away any of that any of that anger or threat or you know meanness. You see a lot of you see, you know, you think of a big tough guy who's got tattoos all over him and and you know and and, he, and he's really muscly and all that sort of stuff and he can put on a you know really angry face and walk around brooding and 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 you know come off threatening but as soon as that person laughs you realize that there's actually a softness behind them and and then you realize well this person isn't actually angry or scary or anything this is just you know that's all just a hard exterior shell inside is just someone who wants to be happy and i think that that's what a lot of people tried not to show they 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 don't want to show that we all actually just want to be happy and um and so that's why i think when you do laugh and you do get other people to laugh you realize hey i have actually got i've got your guard down now you don't have to put up that protection anymore let's all actually just try and be happy in this moment because there's no threats around when did the idea for you to write the book first come about It was it first came about 2 years ago um, when I met up with a writing agent. Uh shout out to my agent Pippa who's pretty much the reason why this you know all happened. And you know she just really encouraged me to put you know she said look if you want to write a book 
what what is the sort of book you would want to write? And I said, look, this is this is it. It's about a twelve-year-old boy whose mum's dying of cancer. You know, that's the only book that I have in me right now. And she said, okay, well, you know, if you want to write that, then write that. And that's what I did. And she was so unwavering in her support of me and encouragement, and you know, to guide me down the path because it's it's a daunting thing to turn an idea into. 300 page, physical pages that people can read anywhere you know around the world and so it does take a lot you do need a lot of encouragement to get over those hurdles and, and the hurdles really are in your own head but but they're there it doesn't stop them from being there and so yeah we decided to get cracking and i just put my head down and did it and I understand uh, you wrote parts of the book in a cafe in Ultimo. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote this book in pubs and cafes and hotel rooms, literally all around Sydney. I spent you know, a lot of time in the inner west, in Glebe, in Newtown, in Marrickville. Um, I spent a lot of time in the east as well, over in uh, Maroubra and Coogee and Clavelli. And that was just how I had, that's how I got all the words out, you know? Um, because if I lock myself in a room with a computer in front of me, nothing, it, I, you're not inspired. And I think that's the one thing that people, that really traps people. Whenever they're writing anything, they think that it, being in front of the computer is the best place to write. And that's not, it's the worst place to write, I find. That's where, that's where, it, that is like a place of complete devoid is it completely devoid of ideas? But if you go out and you observe people and you look at the world and the way things happen around you and the sounds and the smells and the noises, those are all the things that inspire you to actually write. Mm-hmm. So I am very proud of, of my process and how my process improved over the over the course of writing the book and writing a TV show. And yeah, it's something that I um. I, I like passing on that kind of information because it helped me a lot, you know? Mm, and I like how you said that, you know, you also have to get over kind of like the roadblocks in your mind. Um, is there something you could also do that, well, something you did uh, to get over, say, procrastinating or, you know, doing other things while trying to get your book done? Yeah, and that, and that, and that is linked to the idea that... Um, that I was just talking about, you know, because when you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to do any writing today, then, you know, I would say, I would tell myself, well, that's fine. You don't have to actually physically write anything down, but it doesn't mean you can't think about it. And so then I would, you know, go to the pool and I'd go to the gym and I'd just sit there and, you know, I'd remove myself from my phone and internet. That's another deadly trap. (laughs) And I would just let myself think. And it's amazing how much, you know, I I really developed a mantra that that is writing is not typing. And, and it's all the times that you spend staring out the window or, you know, lying at the bottom of the pool or, or, you know, on a plane or whatever, when you're not, when you're not consuming other people's products, which is what everyone does on the internet, is just consuming other people's information, then you actually start releasing your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you touched uh, on this a bit before, but what do you want people to take away from reading your book? <laughs> well, one, I want people to realize that I actually can write um it's it's sort of weird you know i don't think that people expect a book with this sort of depth from someone like me who's you know always very light and stuff on on you know radio or on on stage 
And that's not to say that it's a difficult read because it's, I, I specifically made it a very simple read and I wanted everyone to be able to read it from 12 years old to 80 years old. But, um, yeah, just to know that there is a, there is something in it for them, you know. I, and I, I really tried to make sure that everyone could enjoy this and that everyone found something that was actually important to them inside that book whether it is nostalgia whether it is the feeling of losing a parent whether it's the feeling of being a parent i mean you know that you're knowing about you're about to leave a child behind i really wanted to make sure that there was you know or, or maybe you're you're you've got parents from another country or you know there's there was there's something in it for everyone and i really wanted to make sure that i captured that fantastic and you know what i think you did as someone who's read it and where can people go and find your book? Well, uh, it's available at all the bookstores. Um, it's available online. If you go to Kindle or on Amazon or iBooks, um, it is available in audio f format, which I narrated myself, oh, which I did? found really exciting. Oh, is that yeah. really? Yeah, how was that? Uh, it was awesome, you know. It's funny because you know, you, you, I, I've got lots of friends um, from the my radio days that you know are musicians, and I always see them in the studio laying down beats and stuff like that. And so, finally, I got my time in the studio. But, but um, you know, it's not quite as uh, it's not quite as rock star like when you're um, when you're in there narrating a you know three hundred pages of an audio book. But um, it was really awesome to be able to bring all the characters to light the way that I saw them. Um, you know, and and it definitely if people if you're not into reading, then the audio book is going to be the best. It's you know it's a really great way to get to get back into reading without actually having to read. Mm. Well, Matt, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Sharon. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. And thanks for buying, thanks for getting the book, and thank you for enjoying it and reading it and coming along to my events. And yeah, it's really awesome to see uh, to see you, you grow as well. So keep doing it, and I uh, hope I'll see you soon. Thank you so much.